Hi, everyone. Welcome to the page to screen edition of the Atkin County Public Library podcast, where each month we'll be discussing a book that has been turned into a movie or TV series, as well as the reception of each. March is Women's History Month. Every March, we celebrate the contributions of history-making women to our society. Women's History Month was initially just International Women's Day, a day that commemorated the February 28th meeting of socialists and suffragists in Manhattan in 1909. On March 8th, one year later, a German activist by the name of Clara Zetkin proposed that International Women's Day be recognized at an international conference of working women in Copenhagen. All 17 countries in attendance at the conference agreed. The first official International Women's Day was celebrated in Austria, Germany, Switzerland, and Denmark. The holiday was not widely celebrated in the United States until 1975 when the United Nations began sponsoring it as well. In 1977, a task force in California created Women's History Week. They used that week to celebrate the accomplishments of women, and in March 1980, after celebrations had spread across the country, President Jimmy Carter declared that March 8th was officially the start of National Women's History Week. By 1987, Congress declared the entire month of March to be Women's History Month. Since then, every president has declared the month of March Women's History Month. So, for our March page-to-screen podcast edition, we'll be discussing a book written by a female author that has had a prolific and lasting impact on American literature. Born in a time in which women had few, if any, rights, this author was a trailblazer for women far ahead of her time. Her 19th century novels introduced us to colorful, relatable characters and educated, strong female heroines. Louisa May Alcott was born on November 29, 1832, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Her parents were very much a part of the 19th century transcendental movement, and their religious and political beliefs deeply influenced Alcott as a child. Her father was an educator who strongly believed in the importance of learning for children as well as their enjoyment of it, and he and his wife provided most of their schooling for their children. Alcott also studied under Henry David Thoreau, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and Nathaniel Hawthorne. In parallel with her most well-known and beloved novel, Little Women, Alcott was one of four sisters and she remained very close with them for the duration of her life. The Alcott family, like many of the time, struggled financially and in order to alleviate some of the financial stress, Alcott turned to writing. Her first poem was published under a pseudonym in a magazine, and her first book was published in 1854. During the Civil War, she served as a nurse in a Union hospital, and this experience would go on to influence more of her work. After the war, she began to publish more and more, and as such, she gained a following of children and adults alike. She published many of these works under the name A.M. Barnard. During this time, one of Alcott's publishers requested that she write a novel for young women, and in 1868, the literary achievement Little Women was born. Like many authors, she reflected back upon her own childhood and her experiences growing up with four sisters. The novel was originally published in a series of short stories, but was eventually compiled into one book. Little Women was not only an instant success, but generations of readers, young and old, male and female, would go on to fall in love with the March sisters. The book cemented Alcott as one of the foremost novelists of the 19th and early 20th century. She went on to publish more books to continue the Little Women saga, including Little Men and Joe's Boys. She would also go on to join the women's suffrage movement and contribute to several publications that promoted women's rights. She was also the first women, woman to register to vote in Concord, Connecticut. Alcott was truly a pioneer for women, and we see her mirrored very closely in one of the main characters in Little Women, fan favorite Joe. If you've not read the book, I'll try not to give any major spoilers, but it has been out for over 150 years, so at this point it's fair game and you've been warned. 
I think the reason that Little Women's popularity has endured like it has is due to the honestness of it. Alcott actually didn't want to write a story like this or a book about girls because, in her own words, she never liked girls or knew many except my sisters. But, like all of us, she had to pay the bills, so she blazed on, albeit unwillingly. She wrote about what she knew, and she came out with an honest tale about four sisters growing up. If you've ever had a sister, you can relate to the March sisters, and I say that as a sister. <laughs> From the sibling animosity ever-present between Joe and Amy, the extreme devotion of all to the family sweetheart Beth, and the camaraderie between eldest Meg and loyal Joe, the tale is a fair representation without a lot of fluff of the very dynamics within a family. Sometimes they love each other deeply, while at other times they can be ruthless. I was 12 when I first read Little Women, and 20 years later, the Amy and Joe book scene has stuck with me. I'm not going to flesh that out, but if you know, you know. How could she? And as a sibling of four children with one little sister that was five years apart in age, I felt then and even still now a very strong connection with the Little Women characters and their plight. It's a true testament to growing up where the trials we face may be small in retrospect, but they play a huge role in defining who we become as women. I mentioned earlier that Joe March, the second eldest daughter in the March family, is a fan favorite, but in the 19th century, Joe's character was nothing short of revolutionary. During this time, girls were starting to realize that they could have dreams and aspirations beyond those of their mothers and grandmothers. Joe was, in essence, a model woman of the future, smart and intelligent, unafraid to break out and break boundaries, and to speak out, she completely bucked the norm of the time. Her decline of that proposal, and honestly, it's been 20 years, and I'm still pretty salty about it, although at my age now, I do understand now more than I did, you know, at 12, um, <laughs> but it did stick with me, and it showed that she was a woman unafraid to follow her own path. Her fearlessness would give girls an example of the woman they could go on to be. Right after the book was released, many girls were inspired to follow in Joe's footsteps. In fact, the Lucan sisters from Pennsylvania started their own version of the Pickworth Papers, and if you read the book, you're familiar with these, and they ended up with subscribers to the paper all across the United States. Even a century later, many women writers still cite Joe as being a direct impact on their work, including J.K. Rowling, Gloria Steinem, and Patti Smith. 150 years from now, it would really be interesting to see if and how Little Women is still influencing our culture. If you haven't read Little Women, I urge you to do so. It's a literary classic that has withstood the test of time, and it should definitely be in your TBR pile if you haven't read it, in my opinion. Little Women was published before 1923, ergo it falls under public domain. So you can find it for free on projectgutenberg.org, or you can check it out through the library um, or NC Cardinal or Libby with your library card. Since Little Women was first written, there have been four film adaptations of the book, each a little different than the last and each a reflection of the time period in which they were created. 1933's Little Women starred some of the era's biggest names, Frances D. as Meg, Katherine Hepburn as Joe, Jean Parker as Beth, and Joan Bennett as Amy. Fun fact here, um, Joan was actually 23 and pregnant playing a 12-year-old Amy, <laughs> so they had to redesign her costume to, to disguise her pregnancy. 1933 audiences absolutely loved this adaptation, probably due to the fact that the Depression at this point was raging in the country, and it was a bright spot in a bleak, bleak time for many. The audiences also felt that they could relate to the March sisters and their financial struggles. 
The film also tweaked each of the four sisters' characteristics to better match the defining feminine characteristics of the time period. So, for example, Joe is much more athletic in this ad- adaptation than she has seen in any of the other three, and that's probably due to the rise in women's sports during the 1930s, as well as the idea that women could be just as active and athletic as men. Next came the 1949 MGM adaptation, fresh after the Second World War. The film had many A-list actors as well, including Elizabeth Taylor as Amy and a pregnant 31-year-old June Allison cast as Joe. The second adaptation was very similar to the first, but it was produced in Technicolor. So I haven't seen either of those, and I can't really give my opinion on them, but the first does have an 89% tomato meter rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and the second a 71% tomato meter, but a much higher 83% audience score. So I do feel like they're worth a watch, um, and hopefully one day soon I'll get around to watching them myself. So the next adaptation came along in 1994, and this was the version I grew up with. The library that was down the road from my childhood home had a copy of, um, of Little Women for checkout, and between my sister and I and our two cousins that lived <laughs> nearby, that copy got some mileage. We checked it out so many times over the years. And this version of Little Women is actually the first adaptation in which we actually see Joe Wright. In the first two, she talks about it a lot, but we never actually see it. But in the 1994 film, Joe's writing is a constant. This version differs from the book in that the ending is tweaked. We get the book ending, but we also get what Joe actually wants and what the author herself most preferred, but was advised against by her publisher, that Joe continue her journey to becoming a professional writer. In this version, we also see a very strong character in Marmee, the family matriarch, who is portrayed brilliantly by Susan Sarandon. Cast credits for this film also include Winona Ryder as Joe, Claire Danes as Beth, Kirsten Dunst as Amy, and Trini Alvarado as Meg. And then we also have Christian Bale as a young Lori. <clears throat> it's also been almost 30 years but the 1994 adaptation has a 92% tomato meter and holds a special place in a lot of us millennials' hearts. I recently rewatched this movie as I was getting ready for this podcast episode, and my husband, who is around the same age as me, um, had never actually seen it because, and I quote, it's not really his thing. Well, let me tell you, when that scene between Joe and Beth occurs, and I'm trying not to spoil anything for anyone that's not watched it, but if you've seen it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, Anyways, when that scene was over, (laughs) I looked over at my husband, a man that has traveled the world and he had seen a lot of things, but he looked at me and said, now that was some fantastic acting. And I had to laugh because to me, that's a testament to a beautiful piece of art. If you haven't seen the 1994 iteration of this story, please do yourself a favor and watch it. You can check it out at the Yatkin County Public Library. We have a copy in our collection, or we can place it on hold for you through NC Cardinal. And that brings me to the last adaptation, and dare I say it, my favorite. I know I, I just said I love the 1994 version, but I love this one even more. Um, in 2019, Greta Gerwig directed the most recent version of Little Women, and basically she just picks up the ball of modern feminism and she goes with it. The character of Amy is portrayed by Florence Pugh, and between the 1994 and the 2019 films, she's really my favorite Amy you can see the stark difference in the dynamics of her relationship with Lori in the 2019 film. She's so much more aware of the world in which she lives, and she's really an equal to Lori in all ways, more, much more than I feel like she is in the 1994 film. <clears throat> Amy is smart and calculating, and although Amy was always my least favorite character in the book and in the 
movies, um, Florence Pugh's portrayal redeemed her for me. Beth is also a lot more fleshed out in this version, and her gentle soul and easy temperament are brought to life superbly by Eliza Scanlon. She's nice, but she's also incredibly strong, and you really see that in this last version. Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet have been in a couple of movies together before Little Women, and they are the perfect foil to each other as the beloved Joe and Laurie. I loved them in those roles. They were fantastic. Fans of Harry Potter will be pleased to see Emma Watson in the role of Meg and Laura Dern as the formid formidable but pleasant Marmy. With every passing generation, the story of Little Women stays the same, but the ways in which it relates to our society and the lessons we take from it seem to evolve. If you haven't watched any of these movies, please do yourself a favor and watch it. I dare say you'll be glad that you did. And as far as having a preference between the movies and the book, I don't really prefer one to the other, but I appreciate them both in their own right. That being said, the book is over 150 years old, so it can be a little difficult to get going, or at least it felt that way for me while I was recently rereading it. For those that are being introduced to the story for the first time, I would probably recommend watching the 1994 or 2019 versions first and then reading the book. I just feel like it would be easier to engage with it because you already have those characters fleshed out in your mind. So if you're interested in checking out any of these movies, please just let us know and we can place a hold for you through NC Cardinal. And if you are familiar with Louisa May Alcott's beloved story, I would love to hear how you felt about the book or the movies or both. Feel free to follow us on social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest. We would be really happy to see you there. And if you haven't already, hit that follow button so you can follow this week this weekly podcast. Each week, Yatkin County Library staff are bringing you more topics, so be sure to check in every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll catch you all next month for the next installment of Page to Screen. And happy Women's History Month, everybody. Thanks.